Hey everybody, welcome back to Slice of Americana. I'm your host, Jacob Alloy. So the past couple of days, I've been thinking about what kind of content I want to put out with this show, and I really do love putting out the NPR-style audio documentaries, but they take a long time to not only research, interview, and edit, but also simply to put together even from the foundational stages. So while I'm still going to be releasing those quite often, probably once a month, uh, I also want to give you some more content that still kind of pertains to the idea of Americana, learning about different things in American culture. So that's what this episode is going to be. This is going to be hopefully the first in a long line of these that I'm going to be calling That's Clever Just Chat Episodes. Basically, I'm going to sit down with um, somebody that I find clever, somebody that I think could teach us something about wider American culture, and we're going to sit down and have a really wonderful chat about that thing. So today, our first guest on one of these episodes is Will Deary. He is a longtime friend of mine. He is a voiceover artist and voice actor. He is a video game streamer on Twitch, and he is also a singer, writer, you name it, he probably does it. Um, so we're very excited to have him on the show today. And like I said, these are going to be much more laid back episodes where essentially it's just going to be me and Will having a conversation. The interesting thing about these sort of episodes is because they're conversation-based, they kind of go all over the place. So this episode alone will be covering a lot of topics, such as video games and video game culture in America, our personal love for tabletop role-playing games, and even towards the end, we talk about Will's home state, Minnesota. Just a little bit of a warning, the audio is not as good as all of the other ones, not that they're ever that good, uh, simply because this was conducted over Zoom, and so both of our audio at times may peak and things like that. I ask that you bear with me. The audio is not so unbearable that it's unlistenable, but just a forewarning. All right, and here we go. So today I actually have uh, Will Deary on. Uh, he is a voice actor, voiceover artist. He's a streamer. He also is an esports uh, player. Uh, and I'll let him kind of introduce himself a little bit better. But um, we're really happy to have you on the show. Happy to be here. Yeah, uh, my name is Will. I also go by Light Project over on Twitch. I am an esports player. I also am a Twitch streamer. I am a singer. I'm a writer, an actor. I do pretty much everything. Oh, and I also voice act. That's also a big thing I guess I do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I am a, I'm really big into uh, like internet culture, video game culture, especially just because that's what I do as one of my many jobs. And I, yeah. Yeah, and I think that the thing that Will is kind of um, not alluding to is that he is a big nerd. And I think that's the first thing that he says too, is that day one, uh, that's kind of how he starts his streams, how he does all of his things is he's the first mm -hmm. person to admit that he's a huge nerd. And we love that here. Yes. Um, so uh, Will and I actually know each other. Uh, we've known each other for, for a couple of years. We've worked on a number mm -hmm. of projects together. We're actually in a and d group together. That's um, a lot of fun. And so kind of why I wanted to have you on the show to talk about, you know, things that I find clever, things that you find clever, that's clever. You know, it's the name of this kind of episode. Uh -huh, yes. I know, right? These just chat style <laughs> and so uh basically uh, kind of the first thing i wanted to ask is a little bit okay i'm gonna confess to myself here i didn't play video games growing up i mm -hmm. feel like i missed out on a huge cultural moment in american culture but specifically of our generation i feel like video games are such an integral part of not only storytelling but like community development for excuse me for our generation mm -hmm. so with that being said like what do you think like, what do you think video games' role has been in kind of Gen Z, millennial culture? Oh, I think video games had a huge impact. Um, for me personally, um, one of my closest childhood friends um, who I've known literally for my entire life um, is actually getting married um, to another art, art. A video game nerd is uh, getting married to an art nerd, uh, as I like to say. But um, we used to – I had a little bit of weird – because I was uh, – Spoiler alert, I was born in 2000, um, but uh, my first gaming console was not like a Game Boy or a DS. It was actually a PlayStation 1 that I got from a garage sale. Um, and I was playing um, the, my favorite game of all time, even though uh, when I played it, it was called Star Ocean Second Story, uh, which was an RPG game made by Square Enix uh, all the way back when. Um, it was one of those games. It was so big. It was kind of like uh, Final Fantasy VII, where it had two discs. Where like after you beat part one, you'd have to put in the second disc. 
Um, I never got to the second disc though because um, I was playing this game when I was four years old. I could not read. Um, I, 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 but I played the game so much because it was like one of the three games that I actually found entertaining. Um, that I memorized the like opening sequence and actually I started to learn how to read from playing this game like the same like intro like couple game like sequences over and over and over i had pattern i had attack patterns memorized for the first enemy it was ridiculous and i think that that's how like a lot of people um sort of like socialize like especially when like internet the internet started to get really big um there was a lot of online communities for video games and like when the original xbox came out uh when they had the the party chat systems like that was a whole new world because you could actually like talk to other big nerds out there and also once like even though like nowadays like not to not to date things but like you know uh playstation 5 x like the new xbox series x like those things are expensive but like you gotta think before like the xbox ones and all of that like it was thousands upon thousands of dollars to play like a really basic like computer game just because like it just wasn't that easily accessible and so i think now especially like even though okay this is this is a little bit of a uh heated issue um hot take hot but, take yeah this is a, this is a hot take um there are a lot of people out there who um identify as gamers um i did a little uh, air quotes yes, marks. Yes, yes, yes little air quotes there um that don't qualify um playing phone games as being a gamer and in my in my personal opinion i believe that anyone who wants to identify with like that like gaming culture is allowed to i don't think that gatekeeping should be an issue for this group of people who like you know um if you've seen movies like revenge of the nerds like are seen as like the outcasts or seen as like and like at least in like popular media for a long time we're seen as like oh they're like smart but they're like losers like that sort of thing i feel like you shouldn't be gatekeeping this community it doesn't make any sense to me but um yeah i think that um i i'm i, I want more people to kind of like join into this culture and i think that it's a it's honestly once you get back there's some areas of like the gaming community won't name any specific games in particular <clears throat> league of legends uh that are a little bit more toxic than others but i <laughs> yeah. think once you get past that like service level and like th there's a lot of like th there's a lot of fears like getting in especially when you see like the most extreme ends of like reddit posts of people like getting mad at others for playing a specific game wrong you really you really do find a lot of great people Absolutely. And I think that that's kind of, I think that we so quickly assign kind of toxic traits to mm -hmm. um, video game culture and video game communities. When I think like that's not the spirit of it. I think that that it, fos it fosters, maybe it, maybe it fosters quicker and easier in those environments, but I don't mm -hmm. think that's like the spirit of a gaming community. Mm -hmm. And yes. So I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I really – growing up, I really didn't play video games and it came back to bite me in the ass. Like I – like the thing is like I don't have really good hand-eye coordination. I'm quite terrible mm. at it. I didn't play sports either. So I was really lame. Yep. I was not <laughs> I was not cool. I was not the cool kids and I was not um, – and I was not a nerd. Like I was that weird in between of – I mean I was a theater kid. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it was. I was definitely yeah. a theater kid. And but even my theater kid friends, like it, everybody played video games. Like that was the thing is like everyone mm -hmm. in some form played some sort of video game except for me. And I feel like I kind of got left behind in that in that way. And I think that the interesting thing about video games for me and what I've been what I, what's drawn me to them more recently is the storytelling that can be accomplished in a video game as kind of this new medium that you can't accomplish in theater, you can't accomplish in TV, you can't accomplish in movies. Mm -hmm. I, I, yes, I a hundred percent agree. Um, I love, uh, storytelling in video games. One of my, one of my favorite games I think has a very wonderful story and presents it really well, um, is a video game by the name of gone home. It is a, it's a relatively short game. It's a, what some people describe as a walking simulator as in there's not really a lot of like action. It's more of a, you're exploring this childhood house as, um, like, this character who's been like out of town for a long time and you go back home and the whole house is just like abandoned. Like there's no one there. Um, but all the stuff is still there and you're kind of, um, I won't spoil too much cause I think everyone should check out this game, but, uh, you're pretty much like following the story of your younger sister and dealing with like the late nineties, uh, don't ask, don't tell policies. And also, um, like dealing with like, like 
night like the late 90s like still that um horror like the the stigmatization and like the um what's the word i'm looking for like the like the fear of being homosexual in like that time and so i think it's a fantastic game that i i recommend everyone to check out i've written a couple papers on that game actually um i think it's just it's it's a wonderful game i please check it out if you ever get the chance to yeah, and I think that that's kind of a common thing that we're seeing is that video games are really taking that medium and playing around with kind of the the medium that they have. The fact that you can choose your own adventure. It reminds me so much of like choose, advent- choose your own adventure books. But even those mm-hmm. are – they can be rather boring. And But I think video games are really – or some can really have that sort of creative impact and mm-hmm. choices and really – give you a whole narrative and really i mean i think that the amount of work that goes into making a video game is mm-hmm. insane you know you have story writers you have you have all those people who work behind the scenes but then you have people who have to animate that and you have to have to work through the mechanics of it and you have to have mathematicians and engineers and computer engineers working on it so that all works and um i don't know i'm just fascinated by video games and video game culture i think that it's a really i think that it's becoming more and more mainstream Mm-hmm, absolutely and i also i'm also getting a little bit of um a view into that uh the more technical aspects of games i've kind of transitioned from gamer i i mean i'm obviously still a gamer but i also am uh currently helping produce uh, a game right now i i can't be too specific on it because sure. it is still in the early stages but um i am working uh, really close with a a small um indie company working on a game and i get to, i can see like all like the coding stuff I'm like wow literally hundreds upon hundreds of hours are put into these games to make it work and it's just so crazy um and also speaking speaking on the top sorry going on a bit of a tangent about indie games um, i think i think that uh indie games kind of get a bad rap uh, a lot of the times because Mm. um sometimes it can be really hard because there is a little bit of an oversaturation with indie titles just because everyone everyone wants to make a game like making a game is cool and especially like when you saw like big youtubers of like the late 2000s into like the 2010s like markiplier and all those people like like putting um these indie games onto a spotlight and putting it on a pedestal everyone wanted to make games now and so um because of that a lot of people have i feel uh, that's a little bit of a, a generalized statement but um i feel like there there's almost to go back to stigma um of indie studios are just uh really basic or they're just copying a formula that's been done hundreds of times before i think that's an unfair statement i think that's i think it's unfair for um these games to get such a bad reputation just because it's an independent studio and not some big AAA title making um, the next like Elder Scrolls 12, like all that, like it's like, it's a, it's an independent studio with their own ideas and their own stories that they want to tell. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of where I think a lot of really interesting art comes from in video games is that, and I think that that's true for a lot of mediums, is where you get a lot of really cool creative conceptual art and stories that really a lot of people don't want to tell or are not interested in hearing at first um, because you're developing it for your own development. Like, you're developing it because you want to develop mm-hmm. it. You're not doing it because, oh, Final Fantasy, and not to say Final Fantasies are bad, but, you know, oh, Final Fantasy X, like, I got to make the next Final Fantasy. We got to make money off of this. This is going to mm-hmm. be a, a big industry for us. Um, and I think you see that in other mediums, too. I think you see it in television and film a lot. I think you see it in um, theater. I think you see it in comedy. I think you see it all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's for, I think that, I think, I think I agree that there's kind of this bad rap for indie games when they really are kind of fun. They, and they, mm-hmm. they, they do a really important thing for the community. Um, that is, yeah. Um, another thing <laughs> that you are, you're a big, uh, uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about this too, is that you're also a big fan of tabletop games. You love a good oh, board God. game. You love a good RPG. Um, and I'm th- that's where I can now that is where we connect is because mm-hmm. I love <laughs> a good I love a good tabletop game I love a good Dungeons and Dragons I love a good fiasco I love a good um, uh, I, j- I love all sorts of tabletop games um, mm-hmm. so maybe you can what's what's your what's your story there like how did you get into into um, into tabletop games oh geez yeah so um I actually well, when I, I I was a big player of board games. Like when I was like really little, like I had this babysitter that would watch my sister and I, um, because my parents worked a lot, and so uh, she would always uh, be like the one to like push us to play games instead of just like sitting watching TV and doing nothing, uh, which I thought was fantastic. Um, 
and Who doesn't at that age, that, that kind of that kind of evolved over time and um about oh boy that's about seven eight years ago um I made a new group of friends um, in middle school, like just at the end of middle school, who were into Dungeons and Dragons, and they played at the like local library. Uh, well, it was like a twenty-minute drive to the library, but like they played um, at a library and with just like a random group of people. It was like a revolving party. You never knew who was actually going to show up, and so they invited me to come with one time, and I made the mistake. Uh, th- this was um, Dungeons and Dragons three point five edition, um, and I made this make- mistake of uh, making a wizard. Uh, because I was like, oh, cool, I want to be a magic user. That would be so neat. And then I died in the first combat. Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't die uh, because the, thankfully the Dungeon Master was nice and she just said I was bloodied, which I was totally okay. I was no, like, you gotta, I, was you like me- so, I was like, <laughs> are you serious? Um, Round one. Like, you just- I got, yeah, literally, literally. Um, I I lost that character. I got a, I bought like the the 3.5 like player's handbook. Um, I distinctly remember like going to like my old printer and like plopping down the back because that's where like the character sheet was and just like really crappily printing off the character sheet sheet through like the scan, um, because like I was like I was really excited to play and I bought I got like my first set of dice. Um, I don't have them here unfortunately. I know I still have the set somewhere because uh, I just found them recently. But um, since I've, I have become a bit of a a dice hoarder uh i had literally as i look around my desk i have two different sets of um dice and then right next to me i have a bag of a pound of just random dice that i was gifted for christmas bit of a dice goblin um, yes but i absolutely love tabletop games not just with like uh dungeons and dragons like i love um just looking here i do like the role-playing more role-playing variety of tabletop games um betrayal at the house on the hill is one of my oh, yeah. uh, favorites right now. Um, I also have the Dungeons and Dragons version of it, uh, Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Um, Which we've played. We've played together. Yes, I, I absolutely adore uh, that game. I also am really big. Oh, um, a new game that I just picked. Uh, it's a little bit newer. Um, it's called Here to Slay. It's not necessarily, uh, it, it's a card-based game. It's not a board-based game. Mm. Um, which basically, it's made by the people who made Unstable Unicorns. And it's a party-building game, a party like team building game uh where you go you either have to win by um defeating three different monsters or by assembling like a full D party of like a paladin rogue uh ranger magic user like that sort of thing it's a lot of fun and um i, I i've tested i've played it a couple times um uh, with my partner and with some other people and everyone has a lot of fun playing it because it's it's almost like uh munchkin which is another yeah i was about to say it sounds a lot yeah. like munchkin it's a lot like Munchkin, where instead of uh, trying to get to level 10, where, where, where you win with Munchkin, instead it's uh, you just make a full party and then you win. Um, I also think it's really cool because they have an online website where you can um, custom make your own cards for the game oh, and wow. like add in your own artwork. If you're like an artist, you can like draw your own thing. Also, I forgot to mention, every single class is represented by a different animal and it's like the, drawn in like this really cute art style. So like the fighter is a bear, um, uh, the cat is a rogue, like things like that. It's True. it's fantastic. I, I absolutely recommend it to people. Yeah, then that's the thing. Like that's the fun thing about. Um, so one of my favorite um, role playing games is called Fiasco. I have it right mm-hmm. here actually. Fiasco is yep. a great game, and I think that that kind of speaks to. In the same way that I think I hear a lot of people talk about video games, I talk about role playing games or RPG mm-hmm. tabletops because. Uh, a lot of people talk about like video games are so varied and so diverse and there's indie games, there's big blockbuster games, just like there would be in any medium. And I think that's the fun thing also with, with RPG role, uh, role-playing tabletop games is that mm-hmm. there is – I mean there is so many different ways to play. There are so many different – I mean you have your classic Dungeons & Dragons. You roll a bunch of dice. You make a fantasy character and it's awesome. It's so fun. I play it every week. I love it. But then you have things like Fiasco, which is – you roll dice at the beginning, and that's it. That determines the entire way that the game is played, and it's all about creating. It's a, if you, nobody's played Fiasco before. Basically, what you do is you roll a bunch of dice, and it the, the dice decide what relationships you have with everybody at the table, and then you make uh, a movie. You essentially develop a movie out of that. So I've done one where we did a horror film. I think I've played that with with Will actually. Yes, we. And <laughs> that was that a fun game- time. I will. I'm going to be completely honest with you. When we played that one, uh, just because I got we got so into it because like that we got like dimmed down the lights in the room. It was just uh, it was uh, Kobe, myself, and then one of my roommates, Donald. Um, and 
it like we got to the like it, it, it was like we got when we ended i think it was like two or three in the morning and like walking back to my my dorm from there i like actually felt a little bit like chills uneasy because, right? like yeah because like we really got in you get really into that game yeah and and that's the great like that's the really fun thing about about role-playing games is that they're so different they're so varied and they are just such wonderful fun and they really kind of you can really get into them and have both a really good time, sometimes a, a bad time, but generally speaking, you remember all of the good times that you have playing role-playing games. And I think that that's something that I hear similarly with video games for people is that mm-hmm. you can get so invested in something and it can really, like, in what, like, the thing is for me is that in movies and television and theater, like, you're seeing a live person on stage, Right. And you're like, mm-hmm. I can connect with this. And like, I can see like why I'm feeling emotional because I'm seeing a real human live out a real experience that I can relate to. Um, with books, with video games, with um, RPG, with tabletop games, you don't have that luxury of like seeing it in front of you. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can like see it, but it's still a character in a video game. It's still someone saying their character does this. It's still reading on the page, reading the lines. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's never, It it's just so interesting to me, the power that words and the power that, you know, small expressions and the way that artistry is done in a video game or like the way that somebody in front of you when they're talking about what their character is doing can turn a certain way that makes you feel all sorts of emotions. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, the game that we're playing right now, the, the, the main campaign that we have, so... Um, we're doing a main campaign where basically um, Will and a, like I think there's five other people in his adventuring party. Um, mm-hmm. They're all like high school students. Um, it's kind of a riff off of Roll Twenties, and it's also kind of a riff off of um, Percy Jackson, Harry Potter. You know that classic trope of oh, we all go to school to be you know wizards and adventurers, magic users, magic yes. users, right? Yes, <laughs> oh, excuse me, magic users. Yes, um, and and there was a moment the other day where there was really high intense inner party conflict that really got us all like riled up and really started making us question things of, of our loyalties mm-hmm. of the party. And I think that that's kind of the fun part about all of it is like you get to, you get to escape into this kind of different existence where you can feel those emotions and you can feel that way. And you don't, you can live out these experiences that you wouldn't otherwise get to live out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I I totally agree. Like it's also really fun uh, playing D and because I am in a couple. I do a couple different campaigns right. right now, um, and going from like my character in this campaign uh, named Seer, who is a halfling ranger, um, who's uh, who can take a hit. Uh, going between that and um, my other like long going campaign, we've been playing for about two years now. Um, with uh, Saya, who is a uh, sor- uh, divine soul Azamar sorcerer, um. And like just like go, switching between those two different personalities is also really fun. Oh, I totally forgot. I also have been doing a, a very long-standing a series of one shots with a couple of my high school friends, where I play a lovely character by the name of Igfer, who is a um, wildfire druid slash uh, wild soul barbarian um, Goliathan, who Hello. somehow has managed despite the fact that we have a warlock in the party who has a very high charisma and igver's uh charisma is a minus two has somehow managed to consistently um has talked down like the big bad of like the specific um arc that we were in to like not destroy the airship we were on to uh in the the, la- the most recent session is that we the did overthrow the days- government one uh no so okay. what happened okay, okay. I, you you actually haven't heard about this because this, this is a very recent event um Ooh, we infiltrated this uh building well unintentionally infiltrated uh we didn't know it was a, a place that was being guarded um which is a hundred percent a riff on wendy's um where uh i igfer had the wonderful idea uh to start claiming that uh igfer was the new ceo of this corporation to uh, after after we fought through the first area of like the bad guys, um, I straight up just like really played into the narrative that um, I was the new uh, representative of the company, and like like uh, like everyone worked for me. And the first group of people did not believe him at all, and so he just just murdered them. And but the second group 100 percent did. And do you uh, know who I'm just... I am? I'm yes. John Wendy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But that was the thing. It was like was like oh like but we just saw the boss a couple hours ago so now there's another lie that i put in where uh the the old boss is actually trying to stage a coup of 
the of this this place the definitely not wendy's place um and like <laughs> i had the i had like one of the warlocks cast like a minor illusion to make me look like i have this like wonderful suit like this uh amazing suit and like just look absolutely fantastic and i'm just like why am I of all people the one doing this? Because I am not I am I am not intelligent. I am very wise, but I'm not intelligent and I am not charismatic at all. But somehow I just managed to roll so well. And that's the beauty of like playing Dungeons and Dragons like that, where like you roll a die, it's like, oh wow, I'm actually rolling really well when I'm lying. <laughs> um <laughs> that like it just it just works. Like sure. you just you just even if a character you wouldn't think that character would be as charismatic as they are like they just they, that's just how it happens sometimes sometimes the the muscle heads are the most charismatic people in the party yeah and i think that that's um yeah i like that a lot and i think that the mm-hmm. cool thing too is like um to kind of to kind of promote something that you're doing uh this will air after the first maybe even the second episode has happened but mm-hmm. kind of to ah. to connect the crossover between video games and and role playing is that you're and role playing games is that you're doing um, you're doing just that on your stream. You've pretty much exclusively done video game content. You've pretty much consistently yes. just done streaming of video games. But you're trying this new thing coming up soon. Um, that's called boss fights and stage frights, where you're essentially doing one yes. shots. Right? Could you talk a little bit about what what this oh, concept is? Absolutely, I'm very excited about this. So um, the concept of boss fights and stage frights all stems from um, on the website D and D Beyond, which is a wonderful free D and D resource. Everyone for should use it. Yes. Um, there is a function in like when you're making a character where it's like a standard build, like a, a like a guided build, so you can like be taught how to like make a character basically. And then there's a randomized build feature. Um, and so what I've basically done is I am I'm just having a like a series of, like I'm switching out uh, the party members every like episode or every like time we play. Um, and I have them make a like specific level character using the randomizer build, um, which can make either wonderful results. Like um, one of the characters uh, did manage to roll a uh, level six blood hunter. Um, Wait, yeah. no, what? No. Yeah, yeah, yep. Ian, <laughs> Sorry, Ian rolled. Ian sent me his character sheet. It is a level six blood hunter um, um, with actually somewhat decent stats. The reason that uh, makes so... me scared. The reason that makes me sad and scared is because I uh, I'm actually playing in the first episode of, of this. That is and true. I rolled a character that um, is gonna get one shotted. I'm not gonna lie. No, no, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, but 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 that's cool. Like yeah, like that's mm-hmm. inter- that's an interesting dynamic, and I think that that. So is there any reason why you wanted to try this out? Like why you wanted to like go with this? Yes. So, um, because I, because of the randomized, like I, I, I really loved like playing around with the randomizer feature. Um, I also had the realization, like there are a lot of, um, like streams out there that like will stream their like D and D games. I'm like, Oh, that's so much fun. And like, uh, you know, like the chat will be there, but like, like they won't really have that much effect on the game. And so I thought, well, what if there was a character that was completely controlled by the chat? So how I've worked it in narratively is um, basically this fight happens. This this there's a sort of tournament that happens um, every year or so in this in game world, uh, and this this area is control. It, this this whole country, this whole planet actually is just full of these immensely powerful like magic users, like psychics. They're the the best of the best basically, mm-hmm. and they draw their power source from this like infinite sort of chaotic primordial, like orb based like just a well of pure magic and every year they draw out um a couple like personifications of like certain aspects of magic or certain aspects of the fighting spirit things like that um in order to sort of have a gladiatorial style competition to add more to their ranks of people however in the most recent years um some of the younger generations of people are becoming bored with the idea of just watching the same fight in and out in order to combat this, the uh, like the sort of rulers, the the leaders of this land have decided to um, pull a new kind of entity from this uh, primordial magic that is completely uh, controlled by the audience, aka the Twitch chat. So there's going to be one character in every single uh, session of this that is going to be controlled completely by uh, the people watching it. We're using a polling system in the chat where before every move, like it'll be chosen uh, who they're going to be targeting, what kind of spell or what kind of attack they're going to be using. Um, and like 
kind of the general area. The only thing I won't be able to do is uh, movement, just because like I don't have a uh, there's not a solid way to crowd to crowd um, source movement, pull. Yeah. Uh, because D and D, as some of you may know, it's like there's like five foot squares, and like having to plan specifically where. Um, that's the, that's the only thing that's going to be also the rolls I will be doing, but I will have a camera pointed at my sure. little rolling space, um, so that we can make sure I'm not fudging dice rolls like a DM would normally do. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. Um, I'm actually I'm also going to be making uh, the randomizer or the randomized character sheet and having um, the audience choose which ones we're going to use um, every single week, a couple days before we do the session, so that way people can kind of get a little bit of a had start on like planning ahead on like what what they want to see the character do um i i'm really excited to see like how this turns out obviously uh we haven't done our um test run of it yet we haven't done our first our um premiere episode but i'm really excited for it i think it's gonna be a lot of fun and it's also kind of it's also kind of funny because i um have now kickstarted it's it's kickstarted me into wanting to make more tiktok content which is a way which is really weird for me because like (laughs) I have never really like I I I've I've used the I've used that social media platform for like quite a while. You've used the internet. Yes, I I've I've used the internet before. Um, but I I've used well, the not platform. Your <laughs> Will's Wi-Fi's been out like all week, so he's on Ethernet. The apart- <laughs> yeah, the apartment uh the apartment complex that I'm in uh sadly they're they're going through a new process where they're um replacing they're I don't actually know exactly what they're doing, but essentially what I've been told is that they are um rep- they're putting um like wi-fi boosters in every single person's room in order to like better the internet but what that means is that while they're doing that for some reason they've decided to turn off the main wi-fi in order to make sure each one of the new ones is working um and they haven't gotten to my floor yet so uh uh my apartment has been without internet or without wi-fi uh for the past day and a half now um which is really fun as someone who uses the internet a lot thankfully i have an ethernet cord um that is still working Otherwise, I would be totally screwed. Uh, um, but yeah, it's it's been really interesting to kind of start making uh, TikTok content because it's a lot different than what I'm usually used to making. Because like with voice acting, it's like you are when I'm doing auditions, you are um, kind of just sitting in a room, you're recording yourself for like hours at a time. Or like with like Twitch streaming, I like to stream for like three to four hours each stream. And TikTok limits that to either 15 seconds or 60 seconds like you have very short intervals to like get all the content you want in there um but i'm having a lot of fun with it i think it's it's actually um a very interesting um content creation platform that i haven't really like used previously so i'm still learning um but it's it's actually a lot of fun i actually really enjoy doing it yeah it's it's a lot of fun i also really Mm -hmm. enjoy tiktok Uh, i it's just for fun for me and i I really enjoy it because i don't I'm not using it to promote things or anything. I'm just really out there to have fun with it. And I, I really enjoy it. It's a fun kind of platform. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that Gen Z just loves to latch onto and just really uh, make popular. Um, you know. <laughs> it's crazy to feel like an old Gen Zer. You know what I mean? Like to be the older end of the Zoomers, that's just weird. You know what I mean? I don't I don't like to think about my age. <laughs> it, <laughs> you don't like feels, to think about your very, age. It feels very weird that I'm in college. But it's literally only been like three years. Like I it, mean – Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, this last year has felt like a decade. Yeah. Um, And it's really changed things, too. Like, the funny thing is, like, we've we've talked about this where we've both kind of had um, an interesting journey um, Mm -hmm. recording in our spaces. (laughs) Like, how did, like, like, you were going to, did you end up building, um, Will was going to make this, like, dome thing. my box the soundproofing <laughs> box yes i i actually still have enough soundproofing to make that box if i ever want to uh yes basically um when i first started to uh voice acting i i mean like obviously i needed a tree of space uh eventually like when i moved into my apartment i just um turned my closet into that space so i didn't have to make this but i had a design all drawn up and like where I would put soundproofing on the inside of just like a cardboard box basically and just place it Thunk. over my desk when I would record because beforehand what I was using was a really weird um connection of uh like these like poles that I had and like a couple like weighted blankets to like dampen like the the sound around me that's pretty much what I had to deal with like um here's a, this is also a little little PSA um 
fun fact you do not need to spend a lot of money to start voice acting if you are legitimately like interested and like wanting to pursue that you can literally buy a 40 dollar usb microphone to start in fact the the, micro, the microphone wow wow will just adding me over here kobe the microphone that kobe's using is actually the first microphone i used to start voice acting yeah um and it's literally what's more important is honestly the the treatment of your space because um if you are, you're in a very echoey room like even like my room is a little bit echoey um but like your the treatment of your space and like um the amount of like time you put into it is what is most important about that you don't need to buy a $500 microphone to start um you don't and you also don't just assume the second that you start you're going to be getting offers from like animation studios or like you're going to be getting all of this work like that's just not feasible like it's 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 a lot of small projects it's a lot of um just a little bit little projects here and there paid unpaid all that stuff like it, you just kind of learn over time like you just get better at the at the craft yeah you that... don't but please please i'm begging you because i almost fell into that trap of um wanting to spend put just put down like a huge down payment on this um hobby that i've kind of turned more into a like a side job sort of thing um but please do not spend a whole lot of money on it if you're like just getting into it i would say like wait like get, like get like some basic materials start doing it for fun and just wait and see uh because i definitely had a at one point had an amazon cart that was about uh, like 600 bucks uh which would have been like two or three paychecks worth uh for me and uh that would have been a huge mistake if i would have gone through with that purchase and also, like I said, you learn by doing, especially like with like acting and with voice acting, all that stuff. You learn just by trying over and over again, and you learn from your mistakes. It's okay to make mis mistakes in this because you learn from that. You get better by making mistakes. Yeah, that's the important thing I think to remember. Like when it comes to voice acting, comedy acting, uh, even podcasting. I'm not. I wouldn't mm -hmm. call myself a podcaster, but I do a podcast. Um, mm -hmm. but I would say that the thing is like getting better. Like that is always the goal. Like you are never finished. You are always looking to improve, um, mm -hmm. in entertainment and in, in kind of art broadcasting, anything you're always looking to improve. You're always picking up, uh, you know, tips and tricks from people. You're always trying to make yourself better so that then you can get the job in the future. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that people need to remember. Yes, absolutely. It's okay to, it's okay to screw up. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's the fun of it. That's the fun. Oh my gosh, the best the best thing that ever happened to me. I <laughs> I love telling this story because I think it's so funny. I went in for um, an audition for. Um, so for those who don't know, um, I used to be an actor. I still kind of act on the side, but I used to be an act. I used to be like a serious actor. Like I used to like mm -hmm. go in for shows and like I I've done I've done professional work and things like that. Um, I know. Look at me. Uh, shut up. <laughs> but uh, I went in for an audition for a local professional theater, and I I don't know what happened. I just I all I don't remember what happened in the audition room. I just remember leaving, getting in my car, and literally going. What's the worst audition I've ever had? And I couldn't stop laughing. Like my entire drive home, I was just like, how it was so comically terrible but it was so wonderful because it was like okay well now that i've gotten that like i know nothing will ever be as terrible as whatever that audition was and funny enough mm -hmm. i talked to my other friend who's an actress in the area and she was <laughs> she auditioned for the same show and she was like hey so how did that audition go and i was like oh i bombed it it was terrible <laughs> and she was like what was too and it was the greatest moment because we could just take the moment of like okay let's laugh at the failures let's laugh at the mistake it's very funny but now i know nothing will ever be that bad and i can improve what did i do wrong now i can think like okay what did i do wrong when i went into the audition room yeah uh that <laughs> that reminds me of uh my first uh demo reel that i did that's also really important if you're getting into voice acting is um please don't do what i did which was um using this this basic microphone on uh, i was using uh the audacity software which honestly please start, audacity start is using lit. audacity it's fantastic um however like i didn't really get to learn uh much like sound editing stuff until i, I literally just took a class on uh, how to properly like sound design but um i put together a demo a character demo reel of a couple different characters uh which included 
Um, <laughs> well, I, I also included music to this, uh, which was all, all the music that I used was um, royalty free, um, non like the pretty much like music, uh, the, the non like copyright music basically yeah. that you didn't have to pay for. Um, <laughs> and it included uh, such wonderful characters as, um, oh, it's a, it's a staunchy pirate. Uh, you, you're going to you know, walk the plank um, to a. I'm just a little, I'm a, I'm a bird and I, I talk like this and I sing a little song. Oh, like that sort of thing. Sure. Um, along with the worst, like coupling of music, like literally <laughs> the pirate one had a, had a um, instrumental of uh, what do you do with a drunken sailor playing in the background? And like, it was, I, I think I still have it saved somewhere. I actually probably need to remove it from one of my site. I think I might still have it as my main character reel on the site that I, I use to get work. And I should probably take that off. But like, you you learn, you learn from that. And like, you'll, you'll listen back to stuff that you did a couple months prior and be like, oh man, that sounds terrible. But that shows that you're growing in this field is that like, when you can tell yourself, like that's like, you're getting better over time because you're your own, you're your own harshest critic like at the end oh, of the day absolutely absolutely 110 percent. you are always going to be more mean to yourself than mm-hmm. anyone could ever be mean to you yes um which is not great fix that but also like yeah. but also like recognize like what you how you perceive it i almost guarantee you no one else else no one else perceives it that way mm-hmm. um also you every no one likes hearing their voice recorded for the first time Every single person, whether they're a voice actor, they're an actor, any, 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 like, even when you do like regular home videos or like Snapchat stories, like you don't like to hear your own voice. It's just, that's just a given, but you, what you learn, like with voice acting, what I've, I've learned is that like, I have started to steadily like my own voice and because I, I get to, you know, do all this cool stuff with it. Like you, you grow to appreciate it because that's, that's you, like you are the only one with your voice work with that you like it, you can do so much with it yeah that's the like the uniqueness of it the funny thing that i here's the funniest thing to me um and people have said this to me which i think is weird is that they say that i have a very i'm not i'm not easy to impersonate it's it's really hard to it's really hard to replicate people because uh you do have to like with like kobe like because you've 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 been around you've like you've traveled around um, yeah i mean i grew up all across the country <laughs> yeah and so like well while you were like developing your language skills like obviously you're gonna you you've learned in a very unique way and so like you just have such a unique like way you emphasize certain words or like how you say certain things that like i don't think anyone else really has and that's a, that's true with a lot of people too. Like you, everyone learns language slightly differently, and so you're going to say things kind of weird. Uh, being a being a born and raised Minnesotan, um, uh, you, you definitely don't get the oh yeah, you betcha like all the time. But like, but once you, in a you while, you see it. You see it sometimes. You it's, see it sometimes. In people. You know where I noticed it is, and somebody pointed this out to me. It's when it's when Minnesotans are ordering food. Yes. That's when it pops out. Oh, excuse me. Could I just get oh. some extra ranch with that? Oh, oh could I get oh. a bowl? My favorite was I was at dinner one time with somebody mm-hmm. before the COVID. Um, and before the COVID. we were sitting and I don't know what they ordered. I think they ordered like chicken strips or like fries or something. And mm-hmm. they were like, oh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. Could I get a bowl of ranch? And I was just like, oh, no, what am I doing here? It was at that moment where it clicked for me finally. I was like, oh, I'm in the Midwest now, um, which I oh. think is very – oh. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat my hot dish, and then I'm gonna uh, – my, my uh, tater tot hot dish. Oh, God, then, no. Uh, please, no. Hot dish. Uh, yeah, right. I – that's the thing with hot dish. Hot I never dish. got hot dish. That's the weird thing. You know, I've ever had hot dish. You've wait. You've never had hot dish. I've never had hot dish. Oh, I uh, I have learned a recipe from my my mother, which is a which is a tater tot hot dish. Of course, uh, which sounds weird to people, but it's real. I trust me, it's good. It's tater tots. Know. It's meat. It's peas. It's like breading. It's really good. <laughs> this is coming me. from the same state that deep fried butter and calls it a snack. 
Hey, I in my defense, I've never had deep fried butter. I have also um, never had deep fried butter. I'm terrified I, of that. I like having good cholesterol. Um, <laughs> that's the okay. <laughs> sorry. Well, this is this this kind of derailed for a second here. So now we're on a Minnesota eh. tangent. Um, and I hope to do an episode in the future. I I, I really want to do an episode in the future called "Get This Minnesota Niche." Um, no, I'm, it's a it's a joke I made a long time it's ago. It's funny, but like it, it's uh, probably not what I would name it. It's a joke from from a, like a couple of years ago that I made uh-huh. that everybody hated. Um, mm-hmm. But I think like the idea of like doing like the thing for me, the interesting thing about a Minnesota culture. This is completely off of what we were talking, but that's the point of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting thing that I found is the state fair is unlike anything. Like I, yeah. I've been to county fairs, I've been to other state fairs, and I was like, oh, these are like, okay, they're fun, they're kind of gimmicky. I don't know what, what happened into Minnesota, but y'all really just popped off and were like, no, we love the state fair. There is something about, oh, yeah. there's something about the Minnesota state fair that is just wholly different, and that if, you know, in the future, probably next year, probably maybe maybe 2022, when the mm-hmm. state fair goes back to its full glory, if you need to drive to go see it, you need to drive to go see it. It is, it's incredible. It really is incredible to to, to just behold. I've been to like other state state fairs, and like I just don't think you can top them in it. Like maybe maybe that's also I'm I'm biased because I have gone to the Minnesota State Fair like every single year since I was a baby, but like there's it's it's such a big place there's so much to do there's so much to see um there's exhibits that switch out every day they just added like an i haven't even been inside this new building but they have like a new experience sort of thing um that they added last year or two years ago i think um like they had like i I don't i don't remember what the i don't remember what the themes were i think there was there was there was angry birds last year or the the uh not last year but the year before uh before covid um Cringe. it was angry birds themed i did not go inside of it uh but it sounded amazing but yeah the minnesota state fairgrounds is gigantic um it's also a it is technically a public uh or yeah it's it's a a public park so like you can still like uh there are like some certain times like you can't go in just because like they're doing it like an event but most of the time like you can like rent out spaces there um i volunteered at a um local book festival there a couple of years back uh, it's it's honestly it's just a fantastic place and it looks beautiful. Oh yeah, it looks it looks like this mod kind of midwestern town that they've just kind mm-hmm. of revitalized. It looks really cool. Um, and the food is lit. I will say, yes. like, here's the thing: I'm a Maui boy. I grew up in Hawaii. Um, so obviously, I I have a very particular palate when it comes to food. But mm-hmm. there's something about Midwest Minnesota State Fair food that just hits different. Yes, and as a as a seasoned um, State Fair veteran, um, you also <laughs> Always buy the coupon book. Never go into the state fair without that coupon book because it'll literally save you hundreds of dollars. I didn't buy the so <laughs> I've lived in Minnesota for like I think this is my third year, mm-hmm. and I went to the state fair. I've been to the state fair twice because I couldn't go this year, obviously, because yeah. it it didn't happen the way that it usually happens. It was kind of mm-hmm. like a drive through, which like it was still cool, but I wasn't gonna pay twenty five dollars to drive through a free park. to drive through and then also pay more money to buy money food. to buy food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, but I the two times that I went, where was I going with this? I totally just oh the coupon book. Coupon um, book. I didn't buy it the first time, and I. I, I somebody handed me one as yep. they were leaving the state fair once and I was like okay what's this and I was like oh my gosh these are all the things that I want um and so yeah I agree buy the coupon book it's worth it I totally forgot about that there isn't there is an unspoken uh rule slash tradition with the coupon books where like because you will not you will not use all the coupons in there there's so many like food like stands there's literally hundreds of coupons in there uh like the pronto buffs which are like five bucks you get like a two dollar off coupon for that like um it's an unspoken tradition where as you're leaving if there's like a family or there's like if there's people coming in you just like hey do you have a coupon book and if they say no you just give them your coupon book and let them go in with that because honestly it's that's just like that's just how people are like i've i've also seen people do that with like fair tickets like the tickets themselves i've seen people do it like yeah it's it's minnesota nice uh regrettably no i'm kidding the other thing they'll do is like there's like the there's like the rambler like there's like other like there's like yeah. you know like there's like um carnival style like rides there. and stuff and you can mm-hmm. also there's tickets for those and so people give those also on their way out yep um if which i think is some... i think it's nice um 
Yeah, that. Sorry, we totally like went off topic with the Minnesota State Fair. We went off topic with Minnesota. Uh, but uh, well, thank you so much. We're kind of wrapping down on time. The last little bit of this that I leave, I ask two. I ask a couple of questions. First one is, yes. where can we find you? What What's the socials? Where are the ats? Where are you yes. appearing? Are you making appearances anywhere? Well, I mean, <laughs> virtually, I suppose. Virtually, yeah. Um, I yeah, you can find me. Um, I have a couple different uh, handles because um, my main one I try to use is Light Project. I'm Light Project over on Twitch. Um, I am uh, projecting light, I believe, on uh, TikTok. Um, Project Light WD is my Twitter. I'm more active on there than any other like platform. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not really doing any big things other, other than, um, boss fights and stage rights, uh, which I'm going to be making into a series. Uh, hopefully I, I haven't decided exactly what the time span is going to be between each episode. It might be like a uh, once every two weeks on Saturday afternoons, or it might be depending on people's schedules that might change around as well. We'll see, but I'm definitely gonna be making that into a series. So check me out on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash light project. I stream, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and then sometimes I'll throw in like a Sunday or Tuesday or Thursday stream, but I'm more consistently there Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And the last question that I ask all of my guests is uh, if you could describe in one to two, even three words, what Americana and what American culture is, uh, just take that, just take one to two, three words to describe it. Oh boy. Um, I would have to say... The cop would answer would be unique, but I'm not going to use that. Uh, I'm going to say crazy. Um, oh God. Crazy, diverse, and sometimes a bit intimidating. I, I will say intimidating. I like that. That's a good. That's a good, well-rounded, holistic answer. Well, thank mm-hmm. you so much. We um, well, very happy for you to be on the program and for you to be on uh, the very first episode of the uh, That's Clever. Just kind of these just chat episodes. So uh, we happy really appreciate that. <clears throat> um, if you would like to uh, go see Will, you can go follow him on any of his handles. Uh, most of them in some realm are are containing light project, projecting light, project light, anywhere in that, um, please go check him out. You can also go check him out on our Instagram, where we will also have all of his ads available for you to check. So go check us out on our Instagram, at Slice of Americana. No spaces, no dashes, no nothing. Um, Once again, thank you so much, Will, and uh, hope to see you back on the show sometime soon. I'm happy to be back again. Fabulous. Thank you. This episode was indeed produced and edited by myself, Jacob Alloy, although I will say there was not much editing to happen. My thanks to Will for being on the first of these That's Clever Just Talk episodes. If you liked this style, let us know. I hope to be continuing to do these in tandem with our audio documentary feature style pieces. If you liked Will on today's show, please go follow him on Twitch on Light Project, and if you would like to go see his other social media handles go follow us on instagram at slice of americana please let us know if there's anyone that you would like me to talk to or any topic or piece of history that you would like me to investigate or research i hope to see you back here real soon and until then happy trails